0: Welcome back to the Decades of Strength podcast. On today's episode, Sam, Nicole and I talk about what makes our most successful clients so successful. Just looking around, you can see that most people are not successful with their weight loss attempts. So what sets apart those who are successful from those who are not? We talk about the common habits, behaviors, attitudes, mindsets, All of those things that our clients who are successful have in common. Hopefully you'll be able to listen in and see what you can do to be successful at your weight loss.
1: Hi everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Decades of Strength podcast with me, Nicole Garrett, Sam Altery, and Kim Schlag. This week we are talking about our successful clients and common themes among them that make them successful. So if you're looking for tips and help on your wellness journey or if you're wondering if coaching is right for you, then definitely check out this episode. And if you love this podcast, then please go to the Finding Your Strength podcast on iTunes and hit the five stars. And if you really love it, then leave a review. I would so, so appreciate it. All right, guys. And as always, feel free to email me with any question. Hope you enjoyed this episode.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Decades of Strength. Nicole, Sam,
1: how are you? Hi, ladies. Hi. How's everybody doing today? Freaking awesome. TJIS. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you guys doing this weekend? I'm going to drink because I don't drink <laughs> during the week anymore. <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> <good point. laughs> and, like kid stuff, I'll do stuff with those those kids. Yeah, those kids of yours. Those work. kids and drinking. Okay, <laughs> those minions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about you? And,
2: uh, I'm going to a wedding. Yeah, wow. one of my clients is getting married at the Museum of Science. <gasps> That's right cool. out of Maya. Yeah. yeah, so in Boston. Yeah, nice. Well, that'll be fun. I know. I'm so excited to be a kid again and run to the museum. <laughs> I, I hope it's open, actually. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if it'll just be like an event area or something. Yeah, you might oh. just find you wandering in the uh, dinosaur section.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Put that on stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll be looking for your We'll put your dress at least. We want to see your dress. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So today...
0: We're going to be talking about something super interesting that I've given a lot of thought to. So you hear a lot, the statistic that diets fail at a rate of like 95% or higher. I was looking around trying to figure out like, where does this number come from? And I honestly, I didn't spend a ton of time on it. I'm sure I could figure out where that number came from if I tried harder. But in any case, I'm not going to say like, oh, this is a scientific fact that 95% of diets fail, but I don't think we actually need science to tell us that a lot of people struggle to lose weight. Like we can just look around and look at our own experiences and see like, this is something that people struggle with a lot. They try and they fail and they try and they fail. Some people will say, like, you know, so many people fail at dieting, it's stop trying to do it, it's not a successful, it's not successful, so why should you do it? And I think that's really weird thinking. I actually would say, why don't we look at those who are successful, because clearly they're there, and say, like, hey, what are they doing? what What are their thought patterns? What are their habits? What do they do that makes them successful? And so that is what we are going to talk about today, we are going to each share about what we have noticed in common. What are the commonalities our clients have who are most successful that are getting them success? So that's where we're going today. Ladies who would like to go first telling us something they've noticed among their most successful clients.
1: So I feel like with my clients, the most successful ones are, and I hate this word, Kim, I know you hate this word, are the busiest ones. Like they have the most stuff going on. Like they've got a job. They're like getting their master's at night. They got like 18 kids, you know, they've just got a shit ton of stuff going on. And the super busy ones always do the best. And I don't know what it is, but when someone comes out to me and they're like, I have all this stuff going on and I'm scared to start, but I really want to start. I'm like, just do it. Like, just go for it. And then there's the people who are like, well, it's really busy at work now. So I was thinking I could start four weeks from Monday. And I'm like, yeah, I'll never see you again. Peace out. Like, good luck. So yeah, for me, it's my busy clients. They're always like who have the most stuff going on. They're the ones who are the most successful. That's interesting. Have you ever heard
0: the little saying that says, if you want something done, ask a busy person? (laughs) <laughs> I have not. Know. It's true. I hear that all the time because they know how to get stuff done. Like they're out yeah, there. Yeah, GSD, get, get shit done. Yeah. Hey, okay. GSD. <laughs> That's interesting. I will say, I do agree that people who decide to do it in spite of being busy are usually more successful than those who are like, well, I'm going to wait until I'm less busy. You know, I've had clients who wait and wait and wait for the perfect time when they're less busy. But those who just go at it, despite the fact that they're busy, do better.
1: Yeah. I mean, when are we, especially in this day and age, like, when are we not going to be busy? Like, you know, if you have a job, yeah, like, if you have a job, and even if you have kids or don't have kids, like, when are you not going to be busy? You know, especially when I think about, like, before kids, and Sam, this might apply to you, I used to feel like there were not enough hours in the day. I used to feel like I couldn't get it all done. And that was before kids. And now my husband and I think about now with kids and we think about when we didn't have kids, we're like, we have the life. Oh my gosh. We had so many hours in the day. We wasted so much time. It's true. Yeah, because even if you don't have kids yet, eventually you will have kids. And no matter where you are in your stage of life, you're always going to feel like there's too much going on and there's not enough time. So like putting it off until that project at work is done. Guess what? You might have a week break. There's going to be another project. Mm -hmm. Like you just have to start. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, that comes down to
0: what your priorities are, not what your calendar says. And I think that's why busy people like
2: they prioritize. I think for me, and this kind of is just following up on what you guys were saying, but the clients that, i see succeeding are exactly that they go into it like well the time is now mm-hmm. you know and it's it's a matter of making time not having time because Absolutely. like we create the time that we want to spend on things right like if you have a crazy ass day and one of you called and was like oh my gosh like my is in the hospital i need you to come and help me then I would come and do that and I would still get the rest of the stuff I needed to get done done. That was really important, right? Like it would, we would still find a way to make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think it is down to understanding like priorities and just being like, well, if I want this, well, I got to carve out some time for this in my day and like, there's no better time than the present because you know, that's all we really have anyways.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And don't you find when you, when people challenge themselves on that, that idea about like, it's about priorities that like it can become crystal clear when they get like, oh yeah, it's not that I don't have time. It's that I'm doing other things with my time and it can help them really decide like, is this something I want? Is this something I want to make first in my life or not? doesn't have to be first, but high on my list of things, you know, and maybe it's not. And I think that's super important to know, like maybe this isn't the time for you to be focusing on weight loss.
2: Right. It's like the I can't versus I'm not I'm choosing not to argument. Right. Because then it puts them in the responsibility seat of, Oh, actually I just haven't made I have been choosing to not emphasize or prioritize meal prep and I've been choosing to go out to eat every night. Or you know, that's just one example, but I think that lets them see, oh, All right, I shouldn't get defensive when you guys are calling me out for not prioritizing. I actually that is that's on me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's another really important trait of successful clients is responsibility, like taking responsibility for their choices. And it's not like guilt. It's not like, oh, I should feel bad because I chose that, but just realizing like, oh, you know, like I'm not getting great results right now because I'm just not doing the stuff that, that it takes right now and that's okay. And when I choose to do those things, I'm gonna get great results again. and being able to be honest
2: with themselves.
0: Absolutely. And being honest with themselves, not in an overly critical way.
1: And I think some people too, like it really helps to do a time audit, like a diary where you actually write down everything you did every day for a week and you can actually see where you spent time on activities that you actually didn't need to do. So you might feel like you're so, so busy, but when you sit down and look at those things, like It's that priorities things. Like, well, I didn't need to do that. I could have actually put in a really quick workout here. Or I didn't need to do that. I actually could have taken 30 minutes to meal prep here rather than sit on my phone. Like, and the phone thing too, like put in your time diary. Okay, I just spent 45 minutes scrolling Instagram. And by the way, I'm completely guilty of that. I always (coughs) say before, but I'm just gonna look at it really quick. It's like 830 and now it's nine fifteen. Like what the actual F. Where did that 45 minutes go? I could have been reading a book that would help me in my life somehow, or I could have, you know, folded a couple of loads of laundry. Do you know what I mean? So, like, there are these sneaky little time sucks that we can be a little bit more productive rather than just scrolling on the internet.
2: Yeah, that's a really, really good point. I think, like, the time leakages, Mm -hmm. you know, where you have a hard time dedicating an hour to a workout. Meanwhile, you spent two hours over the course of the day on Instagram, not even knowingly. <laughs> so it's almost like denying that. Oh, I, I don't really spend that much time on Instagram. And then you, if you were to look at your screen time on your phone on that app, and it yeah. tells you like, girl, That's you've been scary. fucking around on Instagram too damn long today. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're like, oh, I could have worked out. I probably could have worked out fucking twice, you know?
1: <laughs> um, and actually I
2: just went through every single cute golden retriever page and checked out <laughs> all these girls' butts and yes. that <laughs> <really> I <accomplished.
0: laughs> love that idea, Nicole, of doing a time audit. I think I'm gonna do that on myself. I think mm-hmm. it's really important. finding those time leakages and plugging them up and deciding what you want to keep. Like maybe you do like to scroll on Instagram, but like dedicating some time to that rather than having it like be dripping all throughout your day, sucking away your
1: life. I agree. And I think writing lists. So for me writing a list in the morning or sometimes before bed, I mentally do it, but writing a list in the morning of the absolute have to things you have to get done today. What are the top five things to do? All right. I have to get this report for so-and-so. I have to get you know, Quinn to the doctors and I have to get to my workout class or I have to work at home. Like put your five most important things, everything else that has happens after that is like a complete bonus. And it's just going to make you feel good, but like make a list of your top five priorities. And if working out that day is one of them, put that in the list. It has to get done. You know what I mean? And I think people, we don't do that. We'd rather do a bunch of the little busy things Mm-hmm. So we can check yeah, off yeah. the box and check off the box, and then the big things are still there. And you leave, even though you got so much done, you still leave at the end of the day feeling like you didn't do what you really needed to do.
2: Yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. I, I think, think th- writing it down, getting it out of your head too, is so yeah. huge. Like, because if you don't write it down, did it? You know, it's it's like that action of actually crossing it off is so satisfying. And I think mm-hmm. reinforcing to how important it is to write it down and also it is to succeeding or actually accomplishing the task. Like psychologically, yeah. when you cross that off, it's such a rewarding feeling. So, And you're
1: putting your intentions out in the world too. You know, exactly. they're out there now.
2: Yeah. yeah. You're w- way more willing to manifest it and actually have it come true because in a way, it's like you hold yourself accountable with words just on paper. Mm-hmm. You know, you read them, you wrote them, and you thought them. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love
0: that. And I think it also helps going along with time for people to realize when they do these time audits, or even just thinking about it and practicing that the stuff you have to do to lose weight does not take nearly the amount of time you might think it does. Like, I think people are really intimidated by what the amount of time, but I just heard a coach talking the other day about how like he was, I don't even remember where I heard the story, but he was sitting on the toilet talking and he was like, look, I'm taking a poop and I just logged my food. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all it takes. Like it's not, doesn't have to be your entire day. Wait, like, I do know. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Right? Because like people are like, I don't want to count calories. That's going to take a really long time. When in reality, like it
1: doesn't take nearly the amount of time we might think it does once we learn how to do it,
2: you mm-hmm. know? No. My
1: father-in-law is actually tracking macros now. I don't know if I told you guys that. No, but like he started like over a month ago, and he's like so like into it now.
2: That's <laughs> But he's so much more aware of food too, which is cool too. I think going off of the last thing we were chatting about with the time audit is really like uh, for me. I use Google Calendar like for everything. And it helps me structure my day. And so I know for a lot of my clients, like if they're at work and they use Outlook or whatever, building their time for themselves, like whether it be their walk, their workout, their meal prep, into their calendar as if it was an appointment. Mm -hmm. And that's how I kind of like try to make them see it like, okay, if you made an appointment, a doctor's appointment, would you just like blow it off? No, you would go. So keep that appointment with yourself just as accountable as you would to a doctor and like put it in your calendar and, and just be convicted like that you're going to do it because once you see it built into your day, it, it seems, Oh, okay. I have to do this. Like I, you know, it's there.
0: I love that. All right. So time sounds like that was a, that was a big one. Sam, I think we're up to you coming up with another, another thing that you see common among your clients who are successful.
2: Well, I think for me, one of the biggest things for, that I notice with my clients is journaling. So having them write stuff down and kind of get out of their own head. And it definitely, I think the biggest thing where I see progress being made is when clients have like, they're in a rut or they're in like a slip up or they're in a plateau and they have they're having a hard time just like doing the things they need to do. And it's usually because there's like some type of resistance against it or just something that they're doing to kind of sabotage themselves and they don't really realize it. So I think the journaling helps each of them figure out where those weak points are and then start to understand themselves and what they're doing and how to make adjustments. So for example, I have a client that has a an hour-long break between her the end of work and when she works out. And so she goes home, she has this weird kind of awkward hour and she found herself like mindlessly snacking and eating sweets. And, you know, next thing she knew it would be like 500 calories later worth of food she didn't really need or, you know, but she was just eating it to eat. And so through her, she did a time audit pretty much and realized that this is the the weak point in her, in her day. And that was really what was holding her back. It wasn't any of the other stuff. And she had been putting in all this effort, but it was that hour that was holding her back. So we took a look at like what's going on before the hour, what's going on during the hour, and what happens after the hour. And really like thinking about thoughts and actions around those three things before, during, and after. And she realized that she actually wasn't really that hungry. It was more out of habit. And two, her, her lunches, I think she did need them to be a little bit bigger to fuel her workouts because she was feeling like kind of dead or empty at the end of her workout so she just didn't have enough food in her so i think she had been retreating to having a snack before so we started fooling around with moving making her breakfast a little bit big or a little bit smaller her lunch her big meal for the day and that would sustain her through her workout and then she'd eat dinner after the workout and now she's I think um, we're actually checking in about this, but she's made some serious progress on that. And now she's like, okay, if I'm going to have a snack, if I do find myself being super hungry, I either have a fruit or a yogurt and that's my options. I gave myself two choices. So we made a lot of progress in just that one hour. And that was all done through journaling and just realizing like, oh, it's actually, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a failure. I can do this. I'm actually capable of succeeding. It's just that the, there's this hour that's really holding me back.
0: I really like that. So it's the whole process of becoming aware, becoming self-aware of what's happening, why you do what you do, rather than just kind of going through the motions and wondering or just being, I think, I think a lot of people struggle because they just feel so much like nothing works for me. You know, I, I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why I can't lose weight. And so I totally agree that the people who can become self-aware of what behaviors yeah. are causing what results in their life are so important.
2: They're the, yeah, ones, think, they're
0: the ones who can who can be successful.
2: Yeah, it, and it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, the responsibility of, you know, your actions and just getting clear and getting honest with yourself. <laughs> it's not easy. am not saying it's easy, but it will give you the key to your own success and whatever, you know, once you can get to know yourself. so
0: I will say, though, it's hard to do that work, and sometimes it's hard to, like feel like to figure it out. In some ways it is easy. It's easier because understanding what's causing your lack of progress is a really good feeling. You know, that you have control over your results. Like it's a way better feeling than this constant. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe I'm broken. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Like to me, like doing that harder work is still easier than walking around in that confusion.
2: But I think Actually, I don't know if I agree with that because I think that, and I've had this experience, mm-hmm. easier to put the blame mm-hmm. on something else and to get, be comfortable in that space of being frustrated than it is to actually dig deep and figure out what the fuck's going on. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'll agree with that, but I guess it's, it's easier to succeed, I guess is what I'm saying. To be successful, mm-hmm. you have to be able to understand what's really going on. And so if you're constantly blaming other things outside of yourself, it's really hard to be successful. And so getting a hold on, Hey, what about my behaviors and me is making this situation what it is to me. It's to me, it's a feeling of relief to know like, Oh, it's happening. X is happening because Y and I did Y.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think once you've realized that it's you, you're like, Oh crap, I've been doing this this whole time. But before that, before that realization happens in your head, it's so much easier to just be like, well, my genetics suck, my metabolism sucks, I'm not, this isn't me, like, I can't control it, like.
0: Yeah, I I agree that it's easy in like, you take no responsibility, (laughs) that's like, well, it's not my fault, but it's not easy in that it feels terrible because you're like, I guess I can't, I guess I can't succeed because it's my genetics, so what can I do about that, you know? Or
2: I've always failed in the past, so I'm just gonna keep failing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think journaling is super important. I have some clients who just sort of journal their food that they eat, and then I have other clients who do like food feeling journals. I call them where, like Sam, like we talk about what time you ate, why you chose what you ate, how you feel afterwards, like, and it all ties into like the busy schedule. So we can see where you're not eating enough, where you're eating too much. But for the clients who just do food, it's usually eye opening to them because they feel like they're on a diet. Because they had egg whites for breakfast and a salad for lunch and some grilled fish and veggies for dinner, but they forget about all the little stuff in between that they're not really registering in their brain as what they're eating. And like Sam said, it all of a sudden adds up to 500 calories. Well, 500 calories is a decent deficit. So if you're stalled and you're not keeping a food journal and writing down every single thing that you eat... That is going to make a huge difference because you're actually going to see. But then the other side of it is I have to track every single little lick and bite and snack. And what is the point of life if I have to really track like all of this little tiny food in order to lose weight? So I think the people are resistant to the food journal for that reason. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, looks, I've been there too. Like, why am I stalled? Like, oh, because I had a couple crackers and hummus. Like, what the? What is the point of life if yeah. I even have
2: to track the hummus in the cr- Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> feeling like you have to track calories forever. That's the worst. Yeah, I know.
1: And you know what's so funny? I feel like people are always like, Nicole's a macro girl. Like, that's been my thing. But 98% of my clients don't actually track macros. Like, it is. <laughs> all about balanced plates. It's all about habits and they all lose weight. So for those of you out there who don't want to track, you don't have to track, but keeping that food journal where you're just writing down what you're eating throughout the day and not worrying about calories or macros is such it, like Sam said, it just like blew the doors open for her client. And she realized like where she could actually take calories out and eat at, better things at other meals like having a bigger lunch that's also more satisfying and I think so many people try and get as few many calories at their meals as possible and a lot of my clients end up eating more than they before and still lose weight and they're like that's really
2: cool
0: who's up next Kim
1: oh I haven't gone okay (laughs) it's the Sam and Nicole show Hey, welcome to the crazies (laughs) (laughs) Stay
0: a while, pour yourself a glass of wine. (laughs) So one of the things that I notice among my most successful clients is that they do a really good job of noticing how far they've come and focusing on that rather than focusing on how far they still have left to go, because it can feel really overwhelming to think like, oh my gosh, I still, I want to lose 40 more pounds. Like that's going to take a long time. But when they start looking back and they're like, wow, I've already lost 20 pounds. Look at all the, and I can do pushups. And like, I now actually go to the gym three days a week and all the stuff. And so when they focus on the things that they've already accomplished, they do so much better than people who are constantly focused on
2: how much there is to do. That's a great journal prompt. Yeah. What would the the prompt be? So I do this with my clients when they get frustrated too. And it's like, okay, tell me five things that you've been successful with in the past month, And then when they write it all down, they end up usually having more than five things and then they start crying or like something happens and they're like, Oh my God, I've done so much. And you're like, like, yeah, I'm trying to show you that. And now you just (laughs) wrote it down. And then when they see it on paper, it's like, Oh, you know,
0: (laughs) absolutely. It's so important. So when I have those conversations with my clients and we talk about like, Let's see, let's make a list and, like, and I, I, we don't write them down. It's probably a great idea too. When we go through and we think of like, okay, this is where you were in November and this is where you are now. Sometimes it's kind of, if you don't even notice how far you've come, right. Until you start looking back and you're like, you're right. Like 20 pounds is a lot. And like, I don't struggle every weekend now, you know, all of those things that have added up to big lifestyle changes, really focusing on them. Just it, it, it breeds success.
1: Yeah, Definitely. I agree in like in all areas of life because I know I do that like at work where I'm like, I have so much fucking shit to do. What am I going to do? And then I always bring it back, calm down, write it out one step at a time. And then usually I'll get through like a lot of am like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I'm such a drama queen. And I think the same thing goes with diets. Like it seems so daunting, but it's almost like just take it one step at a time or one day at a time.
2: Hmm. Yeah. yeah absolutely that's a good one actually what you just said one, day at, yeah, one your, day at a time your clients client success coming with understanding that they can only do as much as they can do mm-hmm. and just being trying to be at peace with it or like at least if you mess up just getting back on track and not having that like all or nothing like fuck it mentality which I totally used to have so bad mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, Well, I had one donut, might as well crush the other five and and starting to get out of that mm-hmm. mindset of like, Well, I fucked up this. I'm just gonna go balls to the walls for the rest of the day or you know, whatever it is. Help, you know, establishing that it's that's not you know, if you have a I think one of you said this a few weeks ago. If you have a flat tire, are you gonna pop the other three? Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, that's one
1: of my favorites. Get out of your head. <laughs> And just acknowledging that because you messed up, that does not give you a right to be an asshole. Like it really doesn't. Just because you messed up doesn't mean you get to go and eat like crap for four days. Like you're literally ruining all the progress you made, you know, first. Have a little pity party and cry in your room if you need to. But that doesn't mean you go out all weekend and eat a bunch of crap. And I think I think most people know this, know this to be true in their head but they're not ready to give up that coping mechanism yet you know mm-hmm. like that's a safe place that's a safe place for them to be and not doing that is a scary place because then they have to deal with it, find other ways to deal with things
2: yeah the practice of giving yourself grace
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. talking you to yourself space. grace and space
2: yeah grace giving and yourself space. that because came like if you if you messed up with your diet and you're talking you know you're talking trash to yourself like oh I fucked up like I just can't lose weight blah 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 and then if I told you that I messed up what would you say to me it's like you wouldn't be like you're a fucking failure you're, you're so a loser Sam,
1: you Ooh. might as well quit now. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, that. I would tell Kim to just go eat a box of cinnamon toast crunch. I would, yes, <laughs> that would Go you eat your
2: cereal. You'll feel better. Go eat your cereal, Kim. That's all you ever wanted to do. right. <laughs>
0: I really do think that's one of the biggest, that's, I say that's top three of the things I noticed among my successful clients is that they don't have that all or nothing mentality that they can get past that. And mm-hmm. I don't know that a single one of them comes to me with that. I think every single one of my clients has come with the all or nothing mentality and it's something we have to work towards getting rid of. And when they do, okay, getting rid of it, when they shift the balance of how much of it they don't have in their life, it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it really is because you just can't get results because you're just not going to be perfect. You're not. And so when you have, when you require that of yourself, it's either perfect or nothing,
1: you get nothing. For me, the number one key to success is hiring me as our coach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> In general, hiring. Go. <laughs> <laughs> this is next to a fire station. This is like, oh my gosh. Yeah, here we go. So I think hiring a coach in general or hiring or joining a group, some sort of when you're ready to add in an accountability and also put some skin in the game, as Mm -hmm. I mean by money, I think that is a huge indicator of success because it means that you're serious. It means that like you're really ready to tackle this on because when you hire a coach, it's not like you're just like, going and like hiring someone to do one job at your house or something. You're hiring someone to help you with something that affects your every single day life, like the food that you put in your mouth, the exercises you do for your body. So you're really making a commitment to them. And I think in, in return, you're making a commitment to yourself. So I've only had a couple of clients who just really only lasted like a month or two and like ended up giving up. Like it just doesn't happen because when they come to me, they're ready. And I don't know if that's the same for you guys, but when you're like ready to get that extra accountability, it's so key. And then I have so many clients, like when I tell them things like, oh, you're right. I knew that. That makes sense. Like it's, it's not that we're rocket scientists and we know something extra magical that other people can't figure out. It's that we're holding them accountable and we're reminding them on a daily basis of what they need to do to be successful. So I think that's that's mine.
0: I think that's a great one. You know, it helps. I think for me, you know, as a coach, helping people have clarity around things that they probably already know, like those things. It's not like they don't know those things necessarily. There is the education piece. that part of accountability and the clarity of like shining a light on all the things we've been talking about is huge. And I agree. like when somebody is ready to commit to like work with a coach, it shows a lot about where their values are. And they're like, wait, I just paid this person a bunch of money. like, I should probably do the stuff that we've decided I'm gonna do, like yeah. it is it's very powerful
2: money yeah. is a is a very big motivator for sure mm-hmm. you know when you invest, you're like, oh wow, I have to take this seriously and it's i think that's why like if you do if you do pay a coach or if you do buy something like that a service, it's you're going to be much more likely to actually do it, you know because you're yeah like, oh my God, I just paid like however many thousands of dollars, hundreds, thousands of dollars, whatever it is. And like, well, I can't just like let that money just go, you know? And so really being like, okay, that money is probably going to be like a money leak, you know, in the same way that time leak, you're probably just going to spend that on mindless coffee and lattes and like sandwiches out, Mm -hmm. or you could come at it with intention and put it where it needs to go, you know, and invest in your, in yourself And I've noticed that for me when hiring coaches, like I don't do anything unless I have someone pushing me and telling me to do it. It's like, I've realized that about myself. I just can't, I can do it for a short amount of time. And then I just, I stop. Mm. So now I have like three different coaches and it's the most money I've ever spent on myself, but I'm getting shit done. And it's amazing. It's
0: totally true. Like, and it's it's interesting because it's not... Not like you don't want to do the stuff, like you want right. to do it, because it's you know I have a coach for things too, and like I'll get my list that we're I'm supposed to get done, and sometimes I'm like, oh crap, we're hopping on a call again, and yeah. like, there's still two things I haven't done, like. I better get that article done, right? And whereas yeah. if there was no one holding me accountable, it would still be like, yeah,
2: I really should write that article. I really should. Like Yeah, the should. It, should. it right? gets rid of the should when yeah. your coach is like, "Yell," you know. You're like, "Oh, okay, I guess I have to." It's not a should anymore. Because there's
0: a person that is, they have expectations of you, right? And you're like, "Okay, I don't want to I don't want to get on that call. them. Nope, I didn't do anything I said I was going to do.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I have yeah. no integrity, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so it is it's super powerful.
1: Yeah, I agree. I love, I mean, that's why I became a coach because I loved the accountability for myself. And for me, that felt like the game changer. Like I can, I could go and learn all of the stuff and, but without that person checking in with me, without knowing that I can reach out to them at any time for questions or support, if I just want to like, you know, bitch about something like that was the game changer for me. And that that's what made me become a coach is that extra accountability and that support. So I think when people are ready, and they come to you like that right there is like, you are going to be successful. hundred percent.
0: I think the other really valuable part about a coach is just having there, someone there telling you like, you're doing a good job.
1: You mm-hmm. know,
0: you know, I, a lot of my clients, they'll message back and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for saying that. Like, I just needed, I needed somebody to tell me that like, okay, I'm doing a good job. And like, I am, I am doing
1: a good job. Like I've got this. I think for women too. I mean, I only, I do some group coaching. So there's men too, but mostly my one-on-one coaching is women and it's women who are, you know, have big responsibility of their jobs, who are married with kids and they put everybody before themselves. So the job is important. The kids are important. The husband's work is important. Like I don't know how many times I've thought my husband's job is more important than mine, which is super messed up. And it's not luckily he, you know, puts me in perspective and, and supports me, but we don't ever like want to take compliments or think that we're like doing all of these things. And we're amazing because our list is always never ending. And so when we always feel like there's more stuff to do, we can never actually pat ourselves on the back and be like, hey, great job today. You got a great workout in. You took the kids to their activities. You know, you had XYZ at work, which who does that? I don't go to bed and congratulate myself on a freaking awesome day. Do you guys? <laughs> no? We should if we're not. <laughs> but, it's so, but it's so funny. I do have like a business coach right now and she's like, holy crap how do you do all that? Like, I don't understand like, hold And I'm like sitting back like, dang. Yeah. Like I need to get some more help. Like, you know, yeah. so when you have someone pointing that stuff out to you sh- like shining your bright spots for you, that just, it's, it's like magical. And you can say, okay, I don't need a coach. I'll do that for myself. But I mean,
2: I ain't do it. But you can't <laughs> do it for yourself because we all have blind spots, mm-hmm. you know? And like when you can't see those, that's where a second set of eyes comes in and like gives you that perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I could tell you both, I'm sure we could do this as like an actual thing right now. Like I would if we were to go around and call each other's strengths out, right? We'd be like, Oh, oh my God, thank you so much. Like I didn't, I didn't really think about that, or oh, I forgot that was my strength. Yeah. And sometimes it's we just need that extra boost because we just get so, like, in our own heads and, like, down on ourselves and are so focused on the stuff that we aren't doing because, like, mm. we aren't doing enough or whatever. And it's easy to forget how much we are doing, you know? And, like, for you guys, you have families and, you're, and you have a job. And, okay, oh, cool. You got, like, two jobs and you just moved a house. And, and it's, like, you know, She has three jobs. You have <laughs> jobs she has don't forget 10 about jobs. And don't forget about that corner that you guys But, you know, it's, like, we all have stuff. And everyone's busy and, you know, there's always all of these responsibilities that we all have. But I think having someone, whether it be a coach or whatever, to just remind you of your capabilities and really how much you are doing because sometimes you just need it. Absolutely.
0: Great. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right, Sam, we're up to you.
2: Oh, snap. Okay. Let's see. Ooh, I think a big one for my clients is when they first reach out to me i can almost always tell if they're going to struggle or not in their like their email to me or their inquiry and i think it kind of sets the mood for their approach or their the way that they go through coaching with me if we don't address it up front and that's usually being able to be coachable and having an open mind Not going into things being like, I'm no, like, it's a very closed off mindset. Like, I don't do that. I can't do that. I don't like to do that. And so, approaching whatever homework I give them or whatever task it is with an open mind and like a willingness to at least try it, that usually tends to set, you know, success apart from failure. Because sometimes we just have we've we've conditioned ourselves to think like, oh, I'm not good at that. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, that's not for me. But maybe times have changed. Or maybe you actually can do it and you've just never had someone to help you get through that initial, you know, sticky point or resistance point. And so you just gotta have a team. So for me that's a huge thing.
1: What do you so, think oh,
0: has yeah. helped people to so people who've come to you and they're not super coachable, they're not in a space where they're like They're much more that I can't do it mindset. What have you found helps?
2: Journaling. Journaling. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, because typically it ends up that they don't think. So say, for example, I have a client that's like, I don't want to, or like, I can't, I just can't track calories. I just can't do it. I just, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I just freak out about it. And they've never done it before. Mm -hmm. So they've never tried it. So I'll have them write a list of the reasons why they don't want to do it and you know whatever whatever those things are they realize the the pros and the cons of tracking either away themselves or the things that were actually in their head really aren't that big of a deal like they make this whole production out of it like oh, i'm at to track blah 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 like no let's just start super simple you know we're going to we'll take a food we can take photos of your food just some type of you know easing easing them into it and that just helps them get self-aware as to why they have resistance against or against it or around it. And then we don't have to do it necessarily, but at least getting to know yourself in that way.
0: Love that. So one of the things that I found consistently with my clients who are really successful are is that they have realistic expectations versus people who just have something in their mind that looks like success that's just not going to happen. You know, people come and they want to, they think they're going to lose, you know, 20 pounds in two weeks or that what they're going to look like when they've lost five pounds is, you know, X. And it's just not that, but those who have realistic expectations do really well. And that's actually a big part of my job as a coach is to help them discover what realistic expectations are. But when people can wrap their, their minds around that, it's really big.
1: Yeah. So I asked that in my coaching questionnaire, like, would you rather like super quick, fast weight loss or do you want slow weight loss that you can maintain for the rest of your life if yeah. anyone picks super fast they are not the client they're not for me i will not coach that so they have to pick long, yes. sustainable i ask that, that too
2: actually
1: yeah that's where i'm a good coach so i don't you want to lose four pounds just stop eating carbs for a week all right there, four pounds, you're done. Okay, have fun gaining it back the week after. You know, you're not the client for me. So that's a question I always ask in my questionnaire. And I can tell just from that questionnaire if I'm going to work with them or not. And I don't, if that's what they answer.
0: I ask yeah. that question as well. I do take on people. I I've, I've very rarely had anybody say they'd rather have quick, but I have taken them on. And it just depends on what their life situation is, whether they can be successful. Because you can be successful at, at rapid fat loss, if you're in the right mindset for it, yes. and you know what it actually takes, and you know it's not like a long-term plan, mm-hmm.
2: and you have you need to have
0: an exit plan. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot more work.
2: I've had yeah. clients say, "I want." fast results, but I know I shouldn't. So I'm gonna yeah. pick the second option. And I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't be exactly what I would say. Like, yeah, yeah I want the results ASAP, duh. <laughs> I agree. But, a lot of people do say that. They're like, of course I want fast results. But who doesn't? Like we yeah. all want it now. Jesus, you know, but it's like, well you can't, you know. And I almost like I almost kind of sell myself when when I get onto like client discovery calls. I'm like, I just wanna be clear on expectations and I want you to understand like I am not selling you or promoting you a quick fix this is going to take time and I think that's like something I put out there very obviously because if I was to give them a false impression of what their success would look like then they're just going to be set up for disappointment you know they're going to have this expectation like hangover you know and that's not a good feeling when you aren't you know aren't succeeding as fast as you want to. It's so unmotivating. You don't Absolutely. see the progress as fast as you want. So giving them a clear idea on timeline, like you said, I think it's huge for yeah. them to, to not expect anything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really just focus on the daily stuff and not like worrying so much. Like, well, I haven't lost those 11 pounds or those 52 pounds I've been looking for. It's like, yeah, but you've lost 25 and... That's, that's halfway to where you want to be. So can you imagine in another, you know, 15 weeks, like you're going to, you'll be there.
0: Yeah. And it takes constant reminding of like, Hey, this is, remember, this is proper expectations. This is what we're going for. Just this morning, I had a, a message from a brand new client and she's like, I'm really surprised it's been 4 days and my weight's not going down. She's brand new like this week and I was like because it's been 4 days. <laughs> I haven't even had a chance to email her back yet. It's literally been 4 days. Like
2: can't expect anything in 4 days. That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's the perspective thing. Like sometimes if that's <laughs> this is a funny thing that some one of my coaches taught me it's like however long it's been, right? And they're complaining about their their fat loss. Mm-hmm. Take that take that number of days and then have that as a number, and then take how old they are, multiply it by 365, and then take that original number, divide it by that number, and it will be like, well, you've only put in 0.000, and then it's going to be like a percentage. And it will be like, you've only worked on this for less than a 16th of 1% of your life, and you're like, chill. It's so That's so
0: good because you know, and also so many of the women I work with have tried and failed and tried and failed for so long that when we get to the part where, you know, and they're making progress, but it's slow. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? So you lost two pounds this month, which by the way, that's amazing. How many years did you try and lose nothing? Like how many times have you like lost and gained and lost and gained? If you keep going at this rate that you're going at now, you're going to be where you want to in a year. But if you give up and go back to what you were doing, you're going to be nowhere in a year yeah, or you know? negative the other you're, way. or negative. And so it, people are, it takes a while, but they're like, you're right. You're right. This is working yeah. because they've been so conditioned to, you know, biggest loser results.
2: Yeah. And if you, if you use your, your con as an example, like two pounds a month, which is, you know, that's awesome. A half a pound a week is like really healthy. And usually it's like mostly fat, you know, yeah. like they're lifting and stuff. But like, if you take that and then you multiply it, I think that's it's the multiplier factor that we often forget. Me too. It's like, oh, man, I only did this this month. But then if you multiply that success, you know, by 12, like, what can you accomplish in a year? That's freaking awesome. It's like compound interest. Yep. You know, it's like, you put, you put 100 bucks in the bank and, hey, hey, Nicole, you're the accountant, you know, like, what does that equal in 50 years? Like, that's going to be a shit ton of money.
1: I'm <laughs> not, not a calculator.
2: Uh-huh. Yes, you are. <laughs>
1: you're, you're a human calculator. <laughs> I'm actually terrible at math.
2: <laughs> that that's
1: does not
2: that can't. I feel right. like that's typical for accounts to be bad at yeah, math.
1: Accounting has like really nothing to do with math. It's like that's like the intro speech I give in my classes. <laughs> really? Okay, that's fascinating to me. <laughs> like my husband, like at does the tip and like. Does the adding at restaurants and if I do it, he'll watch me because like he knows I'm like struggling to add <laughs> everything is everything I do is an Excel. Like I'm never like doing random. Actual, yeah. I couldn't even like divide by hand right now if you ask me. would <laughs> be like, I think you draw this thing. Like, <laughs> what is that thing anyways?
2: I don't, I don't even know.
1: <laughs>
0: Okay, ladies, one more question before we go. We'll just kind of do this a little bit rapid fire. So we've talked about the qualities that your most successful clients have in common, that our most successful clients have in common. What do you see as your main role in helping create your client's success?
1: I'm literally their cheerleader. Like I'm literally... I'm that person in their life that is 100% unbiased. I'm not a partner, a spouse, a boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm not a sister. I'm not a best friend. I'm your coach and I'm like 100% in your corner. And I can look at everything that you're telling me objectively and I can give you unbiased opinions and help. I think a lot of times we end up being life coaches in this job. So I'm literally your cheerleader. And sometimes if I have to have a difficult conversation, have a difficult conversation with you because loved ones don't want to do that and so when you have a coach I just think unbiased cheerleader is what I am
2: that's great Nicole I like that I think for me the unbiased thing for sure is like being someone out of their social circles to give them that second set of eyes that's just straight up honest and which is really I think that's Super important for me because for a while I never had that. So now I really value it when I do have someone that can give me that. So I want to give that back to my clients. But I think the biggest thing for me is like helping clients see how fucking powerful and capable they are, like their potential, because often that gets blocked something. And so when I, when I start working with a client, like if we're a good fit and I want to work with them and they want to work with me, I get so excited to really like be a, a bright light in their life and help them really see who they are. Because like, once you can discover that, it's like, you're fucking unstoppable. And when, when a client starts to realize that potential, it is so powerful. Yeah.
0: I love that. So for me, I'm going to to do two quick ones. One is I'm there to bring clarity around what to do to be successful, what they actually are doing, and what expectations are. So helping them know exactly what to do. Because people, I think, fail so much because they're just not clear, and they jump from one thing to the next, never making any real progress. So bringing clarity. To the situation is a big part of it. And the other the other piece, which has been really big in my mind the past couple of months, I was on a call with my coach and he said this to me. And I love it and I think about it every day. What can I do today to make sure this person doesn't give up? Because losing weight is hard. And so every single day when I, when I think about each of my clients, that's what I think about. What can I do today to help her not quit? That's great. Oh, we're such great coaches. I love us. <laughs>
2: All, are all of us, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you each a hug right now. <laughs> no, really, I love you guys.
0: <laughs> all right, ladies, this has been fantastic. Always yeah. good to be with you. Look, I'm gonna take a picture of you, girls, so I can post this up on Instagram stories. Smile, ladies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, have a good one. And all right, guys. talk soon. Yeah. Yes, happy Friday. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this decades of strength podcast as much as I did. So if you are interested in helping your fat loss results, you can always email me at Nicole at energy fitness.com for one-on-one coaching If you feel like you need something a little bit different, then you can also join me in a four week hormone reset program. So this is for you if you have been eating right, you've been exercising, but you're just not seeing the results and you're also having some weird symptoms. So for me, that was bloating, anxiety, lots of brain fog, um, and just feeling a general burnout and getting sick all the time. Um, so this hormone reset program is really going to help me figure out what's going on, get the right supplementation. And if you're someone who is premenopause or going through menopause, if you're suffering from you know extreme exhaustion, constipation, adult acne, you know, all the sort of stuff that we feel like maybe is just like something we have to deal with at this age but that's not true. We should feel healthy all of the time. Um, so you're, if you're interested in doing this program with me, then click the link in the show notes. I am not running this program. I'm actually joining it as a client. So this program is run by Kim Shaper. She is a hormone expert and metabolic expert, and she works with women every single day to help them get through these symptoms and just live a better life. So I'm excited. Excited to do this program and if you want to do it with me then make sure you click that link to sign up for the hormone reset program alright guys have a great day
0: And that wraps it up for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would mean so much to me if you would leave a rating and review. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks again
1: for being here.